does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Earlier on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Well, it's going to happen, folks. Bob Knight is about to come out on the Assembly Hall floor. An historic day here at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my I brought up when I talked to them before the season started about their abilities to go through the season undefeated and you're just wasting something here that uh, that you'll remember forever. If you guys want to make history, if you want to be the one of the greatest teams of all time, you got 20 minutes to prove it. The basket is good and Indiana is the national champion. Look at here, look at here. Bobby Knight just threw his chair. Clear across the free throw lane. And I think uh, Fred Unbelievable. Jackson, he picked up another tee. You can talk about all the motivational speeches and phrases and devices in the world, but the greatest motivator of all is your ass on the bench. Coach Bob Knight means so much to Indiana basketball. He took a chance on a kid out of Indianapolis. There's nothing that I think more of during my life than having had the opportunity to coach young boys, teach them how to be men, and do it here. And I don't know how Steve feels about it, but it just and you don't have to bleep one single word of this. I've always really enjoyed the fans, and, and uh, I, I always will. You know, the, on, on my dying day, I will think about how great the fans at Indiana were. Fantastic montage there put together by Mark as we sit here on this Thursday. Obviously, a different show today as we remember Bobby Knight who passed away yesterday at 83. Welcome in. It's the Wake Up Call. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. Guys, we'll set up the show, uh, but for three hours or for the better part today, we'll remember, we'll reflect, and we'll dissect uh, what is no doubt a character and a, a shadow that looms large not only over this state but the sport that we love in college basketball Bobby Knight passing away yesterday and we'll react all day here on the fan KB a very good morning to you how are you today good morning yeah absolute basketball icon uh, a, a titan in the state of Indiana and as I think you accurately said there Andy uh, certainly reached far far greater pastures than just in our state um, certainly thinking of you know his wife Kate Aaron and Tim and Pat Knight um, and their mother Nancy, uh, 83 years old, Bob Knight. And yeah, it's um, it, it just an absolutely uh, character of an individual, like you just said. I think that's probably a good way to describe it. There's so many layers to Bob Knight. 
um, you know, what he meant for our state and the trickle down domino effect that we continue to see today uh, is probably hard to really quantify. Um, you know, you're going to hear from Quinn Buckner, you're going to hear from Matt Painter, you're going to hear from, you know, Gene Cady, Bob Costas. We're going to have a couple former players on throughout the show. Bob Hamill, one of his closest friends. Uh, we're hoping to have him on in the eight o'clock hour as well. And, you know, a- Andy, there's a, I've always said that I love. Notre Dame basketball, and people kind of look at me cross-eyed, and I'm like, I'd rather see a Notre Dame basketball <laughs> yeah, national I, I, title. By, by the way, I'm one of them. When you said that, I go, who's this guy? What I, does he mean? I'm like, you Notre know Dame what? basketball. I, I, I'd rather see a Notre Dame basketball title than right. I would a Notre Dame football title. Don't get me wrong. I'd be very happy with the Notre Dame football sure. national title. And honestly, it's probably a Bob Knight presence of why I have Notre Dame basketball fandom more than Notre Dame football fandom because in this state, it's a great point. He created a religion. Sure, he did. He created a religion on the hardwood, and again, the domino effect and the trickle down effect you still feel today. Whether that's through high school coaches that are still around in the state of Indiana, um, you know, offspring of his players playing in the state of Indiana. Oh, sure. Well, just his coaching tree. Sure. I mean, I'm looking at his coaching tree. I mean, there's six or seven guys who are prominent coaches. Whether it be in the NBA or in college basketball today, yeah, and again, no one like him. No one like him in terms of the success. You know, the the, the three national titles spread across three different groups of players. It's not like you won three in a five year span right. or something like that. It's you know seventy six and eighty one and eighty seven. You throw in the Olympic medal. I mean, hell, I, I know some people probably don't even want to go there, but what he did at Texas Tech was pretty darn amazing, considering where Texas Tech was as a basketball program. After that, uh, and obviously there was just so much with his style and his very complicated relationship with Indiana, probably some of his players, it's fair to say that as well. Um, Certainly some sort of closure. I don't know if it was as much for him in 2020 when he went back there or if it was for the fan base. Um, But yeah, we're going to you know either play audio clips or share thoughts because again, Steve Alford, Damon Bailey, A.J. Guyton, Kirk Hastings, among others, um, they've shared their thoughts since his passing uh, last evening. So uh, hopefully you guys can, uh, as best you can, enjoy the next couple hours with us and certainly all of our shows all day long as we reflect on absolutely one of the more iconic figures this state has ever seen. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll have Bob Hamill coming up at eight o'clock. Jared Odell going to join us in the nine o'clock. Tom Geyer going to join us also in the nine o'clock hour. And then you know we were talking, texting back and forth last night in this morning. Uh, I don't think it's wrong. Let's open the phone lines to two three nine ten seventy three one seven two three nine ten seventy. You know, just so many people that are listening to us right now, whether it be their childhood, adulthood, you know, their kids growing up watching Bobby Knight remembering Bobby Knight people my age who love Bobby Knight who probably only saw Bobby Knight in the what the late 80s early 90s and only remember that Bobby Knight and of course what happened in 2000 what happened going to Texas Tech and then everything uh, after that you know you know, KB, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact date. Uh, you know, within the last year, everyone knows I did sports talk radio in the Louisville area for more than a decade, uh, and Denny Crum passed away. And Denny Crum, uh, the reason he was so vital to that area was he was their own. He put that program on the map, and then he stayed around. Now, he was different because he was around the program, and his players uh, were around the program, and there wasn't the beef, and there wasn't the drama and everything that Bobby Knight had for so very long, but the same is true here. There aren't many guys 
Whether it's men and women in sports, how you can throw in politics or any other walk of life where a large group of people, where a university, where in this case, make no mistake about it, where the state of Indiana wraps their arms around and and says, hey, He's our guy, right? There's not many like that. We understand Gene Cady has some of that. Denny Crum had that in the Louisville area. Joe B. Hall, who passed away within the last year and a half, had that in the Lexington in the Kentucky area after he followed Adolph Rupp there at UK. Uh, But Bobby Knight is like that on steroids. And what I mean by that is he is ours, right? Even through the imperfections, through the drama, through the winning, uh, through the titles, the Big Ten championships, through, by the way, we were talking about it as well. We're going to play some of the funny stuff. How can we do three hours today without Game Face? Yeah, you, you can't <laughs> can tell do, the story without a few press no, conference clips. You can't tell the story. I mean, I've reached out. Can we out, get a golf lesson maybe of golf Bob lesson. in the bunker? Oh my God. I mean, yeah, so we have all that in. Listen, we'll mix that funny stuff in, but there are, uh, there are only a few, and I don't even know, like, who the active ones would be and that's a story for you know that's a a radio topic for a difference that's summer radio if you will Um, but Bobby Knight is a guy that is Indiana that uh, you know he wrapped his arms around us and a lot of people did so with him and that's just not something you get uh, anymore and on top of it KB and I want to get into this you know since he left and it Showed with the hiring of Mike Woodson, you know, Indiana has been chasing Bobby Knight. Have they not? Have been chasing, hey, to bring in somebody from that era who understands what it was like playing for that guy and winning with that guy. Uh, and that's why when he came back, do you remember the baseball card? Do you remember him at the baseball game in 2019? Do you remember that? I think that was on a Sunday. He came back yeah, on a, at an IU yeah, baseball game you say that, yeah. in April. I think it was April of 2019. And then the next year there, February 8th of 2020, you heard there in Mark's montage. Um, He's a legendary guy. You liked him. You hated him. Somewhere in between. Bobby Knight, though, passing away yesterday uh, at 83 years old. Definitely is going to resonate around this state for days to come. And and I do want to mention, Mark, tremendous work on that opening montage. I think we'll certainly probably lead off every hour with that one today. Um, Thank you. You know, when you look at the Bob Knight basketball coach, Andy, you know, it's the discipline. It's the never even a hint of scandal, never a hint of cheating. Um, it was almost like he craved, we're going to do it the right way, and that's going to make it that much sweeter because I know insert coach here, insert program is here, insert program here is not doing it the right way. And honestly, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm getting a little too sappy with it. I almost It's almost fitting in a way. In his last year on this earth, one of his former managers – leads a team to the Final Four. One of his former Eastern Green Zone, Mm -hmm. Dusty May, from right there in that area. And what is that Florida Atlantic team? What was that Florida Florida Atlantic team? Not a team filled with, obviously, 
NBA players, but they got the most out of each other. And Dusty May, being a former manager under Knight, being an Indiana kid, I think he'd label himself as a bit of an underdog, <laughs> rising through the coaching ranks, not born on third base, not gifted. You know, hey, you get these two lottery picks because you've got this connection to the university, this and that, and they go on a run here. And, and that's what those Knight teams were so about. The, 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 the stat that is also just beyond amazing to me is outside of Isaiah Thomas, you know, there aren't NBA All-Stars that he coached in Bloomington. And yet you were able to get, you know, so much out of those teams on a pretty much an annual basis. And again, you spread out the titles from 76 and 81 to 87. Um, I always loved from afar the relationship of him and Gene Cady. I always thought that was a really kind of cool thing of as soon as that ball was tipped, they obviously wanted to absolutely just go at each other's throat, but then they could put their arms around each other. And I think we saw that honestly a lot here in the last, you know, half dozen years. Right. Of the few times we saw Bob Knight in public, often it was with Gene Cady. Because you don't get a lot of that. I, I mean, I followed like Calipari and Patino. And it Those was guys genuine. hated each other for a yeah. decade. And it was genuine. Right. And, and even the Digger Phelps relationship yep. was, was genuine as well. Um, so, yes, it just so many things, so many avenues that we can go down today. Um, and, and as Andy said, we'll have a couple former players on. Uh, you know, Jared Odell, the story of, of, of Odell I've always found an interesting one in that he wasn't even an Indiana All-Star. Like, can you imagine the outrage <laughs> today, of yeah. Indiana getting a commit that wasn't an Indiana All-Star? And lo and behold, as IU makes a run to the national title game in 2002, uh, obviously Odell stayed from Knight right. to Mike Davis. Such a o- pivotal player in all of that Odell that happened was such in a key cog. Yeah. Such a key cog in, in, in all of this. Um, so looking forward to that conversation. And then, as Andy said, Bob Hamill coming up at 8 o'clock, uh, that relationship, and probably one that has spent the most time with Bob here over the last couple of years uh, since he moved back from Lubbock. So plenty of audio to get to. We'll take your calls as well, 317-239-1070, all of those thoughts on it. Uh, I am Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton. Today, certainly looking back at one of the more iconic figures this state has ever and will ever see in Bob Knight. We'll be doing that all morning long here. Thanks for spending it with us. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Uh, Great stuff there, memorializing, remembering, dissecting, reflecting on the life, the coaching life, and everything in between of Bobby Knight here on The Fan. Uh, It is the wake-up call, drivehubler.com studios. Reminder, uh, Jared Odell going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. Tom Geyer as well uh, as we remember Bobby Knight. So many former players. You'll hear it, uh, whether it be on The Fan or IBC, all day today. Well, that sound as we go uh, all morning and tomorrow morning as we continue uh, to react uh, the life and times of Bobby Knight him passing away yesterday at 83 years old uh, let's get Bob Hamill on the hotline here no one knows Bobby Knight better than he uh, Bob obviously the author of my story Hall of Famers we welcome him here on the Payless Liquors hotline Bob good morning sir how are you well still recovering a little bit but uh, obviously it wasn't uh Shocking news, uh, Bob had declined severely over the last year, and uh, it, it had become just a matter of time. But uh, when that time came, it still was uh, was jarring, uh, as it is to listen to uh, those uh, uh, moments you uh, had on the air just a few, in the last few seconds. Uh, uh, each of those carries a memory, and uh, and he's at the center of those memories. 
Is there a single memory when the news came out last night that uh, the night had passed that enters your mind being a friend uh, to him, uh, you know, obviously be next to him throughout so many years of his historic career? Is there one single memory that sticks out last night when you heard the news? Oh, uh, uh, the obvious answer is, is a million memories, but uh, uh, one of those always special to me because it was it was just between the two of us uh, uh, when uh, they won the '76 championship. Uh, uh, there was a, a great deal. That was his first one, of course, and uh, uh, there was a great deal of uh, after game. Uh, Explosion! The locker room, the, the friends coming in. John Havlicek was there. The, the whole ton of people that the, the, that the came to celebrate with him, and uh, it, it, it took, took about an hour for all that to uh, subside. And finally, we were ready to leave the Spectrum in uh, Philadelphia, and uh, they have a, a long row of stairs going down to the street, and. Uh, he was, or I was, I was one step ahead of him, and uh, uh, about halfway down, I, it, the thought occurred to me. And I turned around and said, "Oh, by the way, I had done this." Uh, I said, "Oh, by the way, uh, congratulations!" Put a, put a hand out, and uh, he took the hand. And he looked, kind of looked over my shoulders. He said, "Thanks." But it should have been two. <laughs> Still hadn't given up on that seventy-five. <laughs> sure, and it, it, uh, it was so sincere. And uh, uh, the other memory of that is that, that he took off from there with Havlicek, not for a celebration, but to uh, to go to the hospital to see how Bobby Wilkerson was doing because he didn't recall in that early minutes of that game they lost uh, one of their very best players and jeopardized that season, but. Uh, uh, his, his first concern was his players, as it always was. Bob Hamill is with us here. Bob, we can't thank you enough for the time. I know how close you were with Coach Knight, so appreciate you spending a few minutes with us here and sharing your thoughts with our listeners. Um, obviously, you go back to you know when he was hired at Indiana, and, and I was hoping you could maybe take us back to the early 70s and, and either what the IU job, how it was maybe viewed at that time, and, and what the reaction was, because you know, you know, Bob certainly had some chances to you know maybe go to other Big Ten schools. Um, um, so, what do you recall about his hiring at Indiana in '71? Well, he was not uh, popularly known uh, among in coaching circles at that time. At the top level of the circles, uh, administrative roles, uh, he was quite well known because of what he had done at Army. Uh, but uh, uh, primarily, what he his success there was was uh, was just. Uh, a really strong defense. They were national defensive champions uh, two or three times in a row out there. But that meant they were giving up around 50 points a game and, uh, and scoring not a whole lot more, which did not really <laughs> fit well with the first uh, result uh, in the Midwest, and particularly Indiana. The, 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 uh, <laughs> Lou Watson was, was his predecessor. They, they became good friends, and uh, uh, Lou introduced him uh, at a luncheon one time as the, the guy who took the uh, hurry in out of the, the hurry in Hoosiers. <laughs> that's, 
that wasn't all together popular at the beginning. Uh, there, there were a lot of people that were were upset about uh, this much more concentrated, slowed down offense. Uh, very much like uh, they associated with Tony Hinkle. It was, it was uh, Tony became one of his, his early confidants, uh, and uh, uh, but he. Uh, uh, he got over that. There were times when uh, there was a game they beat Kansas. And, uh, late in the game, the score was something like fifty-one forty-seven, and they were they were holding the ball. And, and uh, a voice voice came out and said, "We want a hundred. <laughs> talking a hundred cumulative. That's an awesome laugh. Was a, but but there was that that. Uh, Kind of uh, sullen acceptance. Of, uh, this guy is winning, but uh, but but I, I, I like I like running. I like I like the high scores. And, uh, uh, but he got over that hump in his fourth game when he beat Adolph <laughs> Rupp at Kentucky nineteen eighty nine, and from there on it was downhill. Again, <laughs> <laughs> Bob Hamill is with us here, longtime sports editor of the Bloomington Herald Times, member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, and we're uh, enjoying his thoughts here on this Thursday morning. Uh, Bob, what do you think uh, was Coach Knight's proudest accomplishment? I, I don't. I don't have any real question about that. It was. It was uh, graduating kids. Uh, his graduation rate was uh, was paramount to him because it, it uh, not only fulfilled what always was a recruiting promise. He recruited mothers. He didn't recruit the father. Well, the father was was always excited about the basketball possibilities of the son. The mother wanted to get a degree. <laughs> He went straight to her and all the all the recruiting pitches, saying he will go to class. I'll guarantee you your son will go to class, and he will come out of here with a degree. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and that that won him a lot of kids, and, and it was sincere. He he, uh, he he always thought that his primary role was as a teacher, and that that included on the on the basketball court and. Uh, uh, in the classroom, he was—he was always up to date on what other kids were going to class, whether they were how they were doing in the class, uh, uh, and how they're doing toward their degree. It was—it was not a phony facade at all. He, uh, uh, he sincerely cared about that, and and, and then he cons- uh, continued that uh, concern about their family type welfare uh, for. From there on, he was always wanting to know how things were going, whether they could help in, the, in any way, and uh, I think that got across to their kids very strong. I think you, if you would talk to uh, to Mike Woodson or Quinn Buckner or any from the early era or any from the late, uh, it was always a matter of uh, what you're through here. Well, what can I do for you? Remembering Bobby Knight with the legendary Bob Hamill here on The Fan. Bob, why do you think uh, at times he didn't want other people, or he didn't want people to kind of see the other side of Bobby Knight, whether that be the charitable side or anything else? Why do you think that was the case? Well, you know, uh, (laughs) there may may be a a sort of protective defensive side to that, he did so much that nobody knew about. But if if, if they didn't know about it, now now it becomes expected and uh, and more 
comes on top of that. So that uh, it, I don't know that even entered his mind, but it was a, it was a reality that if, if people had known how much he did for for uh, in the way of uh, evening visits to hospitals, things of that nature. Uh, uh, can you imagine how he would have been bombarded? Sure, sure. <laughs> it just, it just sort of, it couldn't have worked. Uh, one of the striking things to me, one time uh, they were playing at Illinois. Uh, he, uh, we were all getting ready to leave. He said, are you, are you driving over or going over the bus with us? And I said, I'm driving. And he said, I'm going, I'll go with you. We didn't even get on the bus with his team to go to Illinois. The reason he did it, once he got in the car, he commandeered the, uh, the route we went <laughs> instead of the normal route up to uh, hit 70 and just go into Champaign, we went up to, to through Crawfordsville. And he had directions to a uh, nursing home. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he got us to the nursing home, and he got out with a, with an arm full of uh, packages, and went into a, a, just a, for a birthday celebration for a, a, a lady in her eighties that he'd never met. But somebody told him about it with a big IU fan. He took her a sweater and some things. And, and what struck me, my mother was in a nursing home at the time, and that there is such an air of uh, uh, we're here to die. It's, it's, it's such a heavy. Uh, Sad uh, air in a, in, a, in a home like that, and uh, but, but when this man walked in, as he's going down the uh, the hallway to, to head for the room where there were there was lady was, every door popped open and a smile came out. It was, what he did for that whole building was uh, by, by taking that time while he's preparing for a game <laughs> to, to think of one one fan that he never met. Uh, uh, that that really struck me. It's a great story. Bob Hamill is with us, uh, 1966 to 1996, the sports editor of the Bloomington Herald Times, again, Indiana Basketball Hall of Famer, and certainly very close friend of Bob Knight. Bob, obviously his health was deteriorating, but when he returned to Assembly Hall in 2020, why do you think ultimately that occurred? You know, obviously so many former players around him on that February afternoon, but what do you think so kind of pushed him to that? That's altogether why it occurred because uh, uh, because he cared so much for uh, what Quinn uh, Buckner wanted, what Randy Whitman wanted, what Isaiah Thomas wanted. Uh, uh, those those uh, players stayed very close to him always, uh, and that that's shown up. That'll show up now, and it, but it showed up many many times over the years when. Uh, uh, with those, uh, even with, but that was such a such a warm uh, moment because uh, you have to stop and think that the, probably half the people in there, being students and so forth, uh, had no idea really who this guy was. They'd heard of him, but uh, but that didn't have any particular direct uh, connection with a uh, an IU that uh, represented Bob Knight. But uh, the way that, that, that crowd reacted was so genuinely warm that uh, uh, it, it was a special moment. And I, I'm really kind of glad it happened just once because uh, that that couldn't have been topped. And uh, there's no need to uh, 
Do you think Bob Knight got closure going back in 2020, Bob? And then did you think that would ever happen, uh, him going back to Assembly Hall? Did you think it it was going to happen? In truth, uh, I don't think Bob got any closure because uh, of the ravages of Alzheimer's. Sure. He really had no no memory of that day and uh, no... it can't be uh, kind of deceivingly passed off as a, a, a great moment for him because I don't think he'd ever remembered it. I know he didn't. I took, I took him there and took him home. And actually, that later that night, we went up to Indianapolis and the, the Pacers had uh, mm-hmm. both, both Bob and uh, Gene Katie and uh, uh, those instances like that. I think he, he had a job. You can see he participated in... Uh, in, in the uh, in calling the crowd for defense, uh, that, that kind of thing. He was certainly into it at the moment. But it, 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 uh, Alzheimer's is such a vicious disease. It, it's just, uh, it doesn't allow uh, sentimentality. Bob Hamill with us. Bob, I, I have to ask because uh, whether it be guys like Rick Bozich or Pat Forty or some of these guys that I've worked with who follow Knight, uh, obviously not as long as you did or having the friendship, but they've always had uh, very good interactions and then they've had interactions where uh, Bobby was a little bit angry at him. What's the angriest Bob Knight was at you? Do you mind sharing? I'm sure he got angry at some point. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there were times, but you know what? Uh, as I was watching things last night, it, uh, uh, the percentage of uh, play given to his temper just irritated me <laughs> because I know of the band. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he had a temper. Uh, uh, there was a great foot- football coach named Lombardi at the, that time that had, had a pretty good temper himself. And uh, it, it's, uh, uh, I don't think his temper explosions, uh, including the, uh, uh, the chair, all the, the, it was it was a Remarkably stupid thing to do, and, he, had, and he's, he certainly was a stupid man. But, but uh, I, I, I think that gets way too much play in, in, in comparison with uh, with his contributions to people and uh, to, to kids and uh, to basketball. And, uh, it, it's, it's kind of ate at me as I watched uh, some of the shows last night. I what a, what a percentage was given to, to his temper. Uh, how about the? Uh, the achievements, the, the moving a game of basketball forward the way he did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I was on the other end of time. So, uh, <laughs> I have been with my wife, too, and I still love her. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Bob, we'll yeah. end with... We'll end with this, and again, thank you for your time here on this Thursday morning. Um, his relationship with Gene Cady, I, that has always kind of struck me, and I don't know, maybe it's a unification of the state, if you will. Maybe I'm giving it too much credit there, but it seemed like there was just a genuine level of respect and, and, and friendship, really, between those two. Um, how would you describe, and you share any stories between you know um, Coach Knight and Coach Cady? Well, I think, I think that really... Tightened when they were, when they weren't competing against each other. Uh, then they backed off and both realized how much they respected what the other guy did and, uh, uh, because of, their, of how hard they were to beat. Uh, Gene Gene put a competitiveness in that series that uh, uh, none of his predecessors had been able to quite achieve. They were not to put them down. Uh, Fred Charles was an excellent coach. Uh, 
but, but Katie was such a fireball. And he could get that crowd going, so that, that, that backing. So, uh, but, it, but it, and he brought his ten kids into the assembly hall and, uh, and he competed extremely hard. And, and, and you know, we, there was a point when we were all in our 80s <laughs> that uh, the three of us uh, made five appearances around the state. Uh, to say the three of us, obviously it was the two of them, and I was there to just to ask some questions. But uh, uh, but we appeared at the West Lafayette, Indianapolis, Carmel, the Carmel any of the uh, uh, Fort Wayne, uh, uh, just about five different places, and had great crowds at all of them. They were mixed at, at at the uh, West Lafayette, of course, the Peru crowd. It happened to be right around Bobby's birthday, and, uh, and the Peru crowd saying "Happy Birthday, dear Bobby!" And it would you <laughs> would you have ever imagined that? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> great. And, and it was there was and the one in Fort Wayne was primarily uh, uh, an IU group, and, uh, and that happened here on Katie's birthday, and they sang to Gene. So it, it was it was such a such a mellow moment to get the, those two on stage, and then people from both sides to uh to, to realize what they had uh what they had been privileged to watch over the years uh, that they complete the, the extreme competitiveness between two very very good coaches and uh and, and yet the uh fondness that was under the skin there was between the two of Bob, for myself, Kevin, and my co-host Andy, and I think all of our listeners, uh, thank you for spending some time with us here on this Thursday morning. I know how close you were with Coach Knight and your ability to share some of those stories with us. We greatly appreciate it. And best of health to you. Uh, enjoy the upcoming basketball season here. And uh, thank you so much for the time here. Thank you, Bob. Well, thank, thank you for, for what you're doing. I, I appreciate that very much on behalf of Bob and Karen and, uh, and, and Pat. Pat, Pat and, Karen and Pat have been just phenomenal through all this, and uh, uh, I'd appreciate prayers for them. Remembering Bobby Knight, that's what we've been doing the first two hours of the show, and we'll continue. Uh, JMV coming up at 3 o'clock, Query and Company coming up at noon. Uh, we'll continue all day today, and I'm sure into tomorrow, remembering the life and times of the great Bobby Knight passing away yesterday at 83. Uh, well, let's keep it going. Let's keep remembering. Let's keep ref- uh, reflecting. Jared Odell joins us here uh, on the fan as we continue the Bobby Knight conversation. Uh, Jared First of all, thank you so much for joining us here this morning. I guess, what were your emotions last night when the news came down that Bobby Knight passed away? Yeah, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, so I was actually, uh, it's kind of funny, I was sitting at my uh, two daughters' varsity basketball game, and it was about halftime, and, and one of the officials came out of the locker room, and um, I had looked at my phone or anything and uh, kind of informed me of what was going on. So I you know, told my mom and my dad and my wife was sitting there, and, um, you, you know, it was kind of, it was one of those where it was a little bit surreal. Um, you knew he was getting uh, health-wise just going downhill a little bit, and, and I knew this summer he'd had some acute illness and and things like that throughout the summer and um you know it was one it's it's kind of the thing that sooner than later but you didn't ever expect it to actually happen and uh just just takes you back a little bit 
Pride of Swayze, Indiana, yes. Jared Odell, obviously a key figure on the National Runner-Up team in 02, joins us now. Jared, thank you for the time here on this Thursday morning. I want to go back to your recruitment. I, I I don't know, maybe it's unfair of me, but I, maybe you would admit you weren't this five-star uh, <laughs> kid coming out of, of Oak Hill High School. Um, what do you remember about you know, Bob Knight's first interactions with you from a recruiting standpoint or Indiana's first interaction with you? Yeah, and, and and no offense taken, I was definitely not on on that upper uh, echelon of of players by any means. And and I look back on it and what I accomplished and what my team accomplished at, at IU. I'm still I don't know that I really belong there. I was just in the right place at the right time. And um, you know when Coach Knight started recruiting me, I'll, I'll be honest, I've, I've told the story several times. I was a Purdue fan. Um, where I grew up, you know, we're kind of agricultural around here, and Purdue was always where I spent a lot of time going to games. And um, when when Coach Knight started recruiting me, I was like, man, this this is pretty cool. And um, so I, I gave a fair shot to Purdue, and, and Coach Katie had no interest in me just because of the class he already had coming in. And I was perfectly fine with that. I committed to Coach Knight shortly after we met with him uh, in Bloomington the first time. Um, and he watched uh, me and Kyle Runyon play at, at Madison Grant. And I was honored. I was blessed. Um, I didn't quite understand back then why somebody of his stature would want to take, uh, you know, a, a skinny little uh, kid from Swayze, Indiana to play on his team. But very thankful he did. And, and I would do it all over in a heartbeat without a question. Did Knight know uh, of your, I guess, so-called allegiance to Purdue? And then you mentioned your parents at the game last night when you found out about Knight's passing. Uh, what are the memories as Knight, I guess, walks into the living room to recruit you with you and your family? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's actually um, so. So my recruiting story was a little bit different. I, I never took an official visit. Um, Coach Knight actually didn't come to the house, but he was at at that game against Mash and Grant. Um, Coach Dockage had came to a, a game a couple weeks before that as well. When uh, Runyon and I actually had a kind of a shootout on a Saturday morning, and so so like I said, my recruitment was a little different when we went down to Bloomington. We sat in Coach Knight's office after um, after a game, and that's when the the scholarship and the offer to, to play for him down there was was kind of given. And he said, "Don't you know? Don't make a decision tonight. You guys go home and talk about it." And um, that's when I then made my next trip to Purdue and, and realized, "Yeah, I'm I'm not going to Purdue. I'm going to IU." And I committed. And um, Coach was always always great to my parents. My mom has had some. Uh, uh, health issues over the years, so needed some special arrangements and stuff at games, and um, even the home games, she sat in a different section uh, than most parents did, so they were always accommodating to that, and, you know, that that's, when you talk about Coach Knight, he's one of those guys that 99% of the people know him from seeing him in a press conference or on the side of the floor or, you know, in passing at, at an event or something like that, but us that played for him, worked for him, managed for him, we know a side of him that, yeah, can can be a little uh, uh, volatile at some times, but for the most part, um, he would bend over backwards to make sure that he was developing you to, to be a better person in the long run. Again, Jared Odell is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline as we look back on Bob Knight. Appreciate Jared's time here. Um, how would you describe a Bob Knight practice, Jared? 
uh, challenging. <laughs> um, I, I can remember going to my first one, and that was back when we actually did the, the Hoosier Hysteria, where you actually you know started at midnight, and you know now they're all kind of show, and and um, you don't get a whole lot of work done in terms of basketball. But back then, man, it it was a brutal two and a half hour practice, three hour practice, and we went to Steak and Shake at three o'clock in the morning after my first one, and my legs cramped so bad I thought I'll never make it through here four years and um so so, but that's that you know one thing I loved about coach Knight is when you worked hard in practice and you were playing well uh practices were quick and and efficient and so as we got later in the season um one difference between coach Davis and coach Knight is coach Knight would really wean those practices back to keep our legs fresh and and we loved that as a player I mean you go in and put 45 hard minutes in and you knew if you were good you were going to be out of there and on to your next thing so um, you know, practices were never easy. Uh, it, it was one of those, if, if you went to IU and, and thought that you were just going to kind of change Coach Knight or he was going to leave you alone in practice or that type of thing, you were sadly mistaken. And the guys that had ended up leaving our university to go somewhere else to play, that's what their mentality was, is uh, he's not going to treat me like that. And and that just wasn't the case when you played for Coach Knight. Was it right before your sophomore or junior? year that he got fired uh, it was right before my junior year so it was September yeah. of the junior year yeah I guess as best you can walk us through the summer leading into that junior year the month of September obviously the iconic Dunn Meadow image I think is what a lot of people think of at that IDS podium and it was a St. Louis Cardinals shirt he had on I feel like he was wearing uh, what do you recall about those summer months leading into the, through the zero tolerance and then his eventual firing and Mike Davis is, is uh, interim hiring yeah, th- those months were pretty normal, to be honest with you. I mean, normal workouts. Coach Knight wasn't around a lot in the summer. Um, you know, that's when he did a lot of his fishing and hunting with with some of his um, you know buddies that he spent a lot of time with, and um, and he trusted the assistant coaches to make sure we were ready to go in the fall. And um, when all that started happening, I, I can still remember going to Assembly Hall that day, and there was so many news trucks in the parking lot. When that happened, you knew two two things typically happened. One, Coach Knight was in trouble, or or two, something tragically happened on campus. And um, this one, when when we pulled in there, we just you kind of get that sinking feeling of man, this is not good. And and that just started that whirlwind of emotion uh, among the team and among the students and uh, you know the news media and, and things like that. And it just kind of snowballed in, into what it turned into. And um, that that evening, I don't think it was that evening. I think it was uh, either that evening or the next when we went to Coach Knight's house, and you know he kind of sat us all down and said, "Hey, you guys can make your own decision whether you want to stay here and play for the next coach or, or you know potentially go with me. I'll happily take any of you if you want to go with me." And you know we as a team just decided, "Hey, we're going to kind of play a little bit in Coach Knight's honor." And, and Indiana was where we committed, and we liked it there. And and that was a real really really tough evening for a lot of us as we made that decision I was gonna say that kind of leads into my next question do you remember having any thoughts about quitting transferring etc uh, I, I don't. Um, and again, going back to kind of the first comment that was, you know, in this interview was, I, it's not like I was an overly recruited uh, player that just had every option at his fingertips. And when I looked at that and, and the style of basketball at Indiana and, and kind of where my my 
you know, frame and that type of thing fit in, I knew I was in the right spot. Um, the challenge with that is you had to have a different mindset going in of, hey, the next coach might not like the way I play. And and that was my challenge was was kind of sticking it out. And, you know, I spent a lot of time talking with my parents and, and uh, teammates and things like that. And, and at the end of the day, we signed a scholarship to play for Indiana University. Yeah, Coach Knight was a huge reason for that and probably the number one reason for that. But at the end of the day, I felt my allegiance um, was still with Indiana. And, and we didn't know where Coach Knight was going to land. You know, we didn't know if he was going to coach again. We didn't know uh, what the time frame was going to be, so it was there was a lot of questions up in the air that we just didn't have answers to. So that's that's kind of where we made that decision to stick it out. Jared Odell with us here on the fan, and then you go a couple decades. Uh, you mentioned your team, obviously runner up in two thousand two with Mike Davis and company, and then almost twenty years later, uh, the battle between uh, Bobby Knight and IU. He comes back in two thousand nineteen on, I believe it was a Sunday in April uh, to an IU baseball game, and then he's back there in Assembly Hall in 2020. What were your emotions seeing that? And then, you know, did you think he would ever come back to Assembly Hall and kind of make nice at least a little bit with IU? Yeah, I, I knew it would probably happen at some point. So when he came back to Bloomington, um, kind of in that 2019 time frame, again, I think that was a little bit of health issues, and, and the physicians felt like, you know, if he was back in his surroundings, um, it, it would be a, a little bit better for him. So Karen and his, his boys moved him um, back and got back to Bloomington, which everybody was, you know, super happy with. And, um, you know, him, him going to the baseball game first, that's a that's a total coach night thing. Thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the way he worked. He liked to get kind of that buzz going a little bit, I think. And 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 when he finally came back, I wasn't able to make it uh, to down that that evening uh, due to my kids' sports. But um, I, I think when all the pieces aligned and and Pat and Tim felt like okay, hey, we're ready to do this. And Coach Woodson obviously was was a huge part of that with Kitchell and um, you know some of those guys and. Once the pieces aligned and the stars aligned, I think that's when everybody realized we need to make this happen as soon as possible. And I'm so thankful that they did. And and what a, what an honor to the the campus and the university and um, everything for Coach Knight to commit to come back like that. Jared, last one for me. And again, Jared Odell is with us. Obviously, played at IU. Um, was a key key part of that national runner up team. Appreciate his thoughts on the passing of Bob Knight from last evening. Uh, speaking of that national runner up, if it was me, I'd have it on an endless loop. When's the last time you've watched the Duke game? Uh, the Duke game. It, you know, it's so my daughters are uh, seventeen and fourteen, senior and freshman, and probably about the only time I watch them is when they're they're watching Big Ten Network or on YouTube, and it pops up. Um, I'll be honest with you, I still to this day have not really watched much of the Maryland game, uh, and it's simply because it still stings so bad this many years beyond. Uh, great teaching point. My my daughter lost a, a very close sectional volleyball game that. She, you know, was her last game and just heartbroken. And and I said, well, 
I didn't score in the national championship game. I missed a couple bunny layups. I played like crap. You know, I said there, there's always bigger stages where it doesn't go the way you think it should go. And and um, so it, it's I still keep in touch with a lot of those guys and, and a lot of the managers. And when, when events happen like what happened yesterday, that just brings all that flood of emotion back with, with how many great memories we put together. And uh, just, man, my time at IU uh, is just something I'll cherish forever and and especially the time with coach Knight and uh, what he gave to me and my family to give me the opportunities to, to be successful in life or, or I, I could never say thank you enough to his family as well well, you don't need me to tell you this, but without you having 15-5 and five in that Sweet 16 game, there is no Maryland game. So certainly, as best you can, I know the competitor and you probably can't go there, but don't forget about that either. For sure, yep. And, and like you say, it, it, you know, it's full circle. I'm in my mid-40s now, and I'm trying to teach both my daughters to fight through injuries and <laughs> deal with bad losses. And, and uh, I was texting one of their coaches last night, and, and I said, hey, he, he you know, kind of gave me condolences for Coach Knight passing, and I said, hey, everything I scream at their games is stuff I learned from Coach Knight, so, you know, so, and, and I'm out of the coaching world for now, so I, I don't get to do it on the sidelines, so I got to do it from the stands a little bit. Yeah, you said you have, last one for me, Jared Odell with us here on the fan, you have a 17 and 14 year old, I don't know if there's a, a 17 and 14 year old out there that, that aren't your children, what would you say to them if they're Indiana fans, what Bobby Knight meant, not only to the school, the university, the team, uh, but the state of Indiana. Uh, real simple, to be honest with you. He did it the right way. And as, as, as we're raising kids and, and, you know, our society's obviously in, in some weird spots with some things and, and that I think doing it the right way and always having the, the best interest of the person that's involved at your heart and core is – uh, what's going to get you in the right place. And, and that's what Coach Knight always, you know, some people agree, disagree with how he did it. But at the end of the day, I have no doubt that Coach Knight wanted the best for me. And, and that might have been in basketball or job or raising a family or whatever it might have been. There's not a player that stepped on his court, a manager, an assistant coach, that I, I truly don't feel that Coach Knight did it the right way to make sure that we were going to be, be successful in life. And I know it's a cliche, but at the end of the day, that is literally what he lived and died by. Jared, can't thank you enough. That perspective, obviously, Andy and I cannot provide. So we greatly appreciate you joining us here on this Thursday morning. Best to your daughters moving forward. Best to, your, to, to yourself as well. And uh, thank you so much for everything you shared. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. As always, great to hear from you, and uh, congrats with all you got going as well. All right, the great Gene Candy talking about the great uh, Bobby Knight. We've had a lot of that. Any other show that you miss, 1075thefan.com. Download the app wherever you find podcasts. You can do that as well. Obviously, reacting all morning uh, to the news last night. The great Bobby Knight passing uh, away at the age of 83. One of his former players, Tom Geyer, joins us up uh, next on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Tom, good morning, sir. How are you? I am good. I'm doing okay. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you so much uh, for carving some time out for us. I know it's kind of a a general or a generic question, but the news comes down last night uh, and you find out the passing of Coach Knight. What were your emotions when you found out that news? 
A lot of sadness, a lot of sadness, but also, you know, you go through a lot of good memories uh, for me in particular, spending almost eight and some odd years with him, um, both in, in Bloomington and down in Lubbock and go through this, the, you know, just a lot of fondness for what um, has occurred and, and appreciation for the fact that I was a part of it. So. Again, Tom Geyer's with us here, uh, I believe out in Colorado. Is that right, Tom? That is, yes. A little cold this morning in Colorado, but yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I can imagine. Well, thank you very much for waking up with us and sharing some some thoughts. Uh, let's go back to Lawrence North, if you don't mind, and just uh, you, how you viewed Bob Knight and the IU program growing up uh, and how you ended up in Bloomington. Well, I, you know, growing up, I had, uh, especially Lawrence North, a ton of respect for both uh, the North Carolina program, Dean Smith with Eric Montross having gone there, and then also in the Indiana program with Coach Knight and uh, Todd Leary had been there, both former Lawrence North players. Uh, you know, as my time at Lawrence North went on and, and there was an interest from Indiana, um, every Indiana kid's dream, I mean, the opportunity to play for, for coach was uh, something I wasn't going to pass up. And, um, you, you know, to the extent I was pretty good at baseball back then and got drafted out of high school and, even my baseball coach in high school was like, no, you're, you're going to go play basketball in Indiana. Uh, I don't care how good you are at baseball. It's, this is Indiana. You can play basketball. So, wonderful. How would you describe it? Jared Odell on earlier, so I asked him the, the, this question. How would you describe a Bob Knight practice? I would describe it as intense, efficient, um, you know, no nonsense, very organized, and with lots of purpose. And it's interesting because I got to see it both from the side of being a player and then as a grad assistant at Texas Tech. And, you know, he would write these practice plans on these three-by-five Post-its, Post-it cards. And he he would have maybe two to three words, but those two to three words, you know, were good for 20 to 30 minutes of what he wanted to do. But they were just mental notes for what to do. But... The efficiency and his ability to teach something so complicated and make it simple was uh, was incredible. It was something I was actually thinking about this morning. That just in, you know his ability to teach was is probably one of his greatest gifts. Tom Geyer with us here on the fan. A couple more minutes as we talk about the passing of Bobby Knight at the age of eighty three. You mentioned spending time in Lubbock with him. How was he different? Was he different from his time in Bloomington uh, to a couple years later going to Lubbock and Texas Tech? I don't know if I would say different. I think there was, um, you know, there was down in Lubbock. There's, it's not the pressure cooker, if you will, sure. that Indiana basketball is, and so. I think the the thing that I appreciated and I think, you, you know, coach appreciated too is that first year there, midway through the year, when those kids kind of started to believe that, hey, you know, we're not so bad. We're, we're, we're a decent basketball team. You know, we were 9-19 and 19 the year before, and uh, we, we can be good. And I think the ability to see those kids achieve was something that it was an expectation in Indiana, which is obviously a great thing. Uh, but also the ability to see those kids come through uh, from something they weren't good and take on teams like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and and all of that when we started the Big 12 season uh, that first year in Lubbock was, uh, I think it was just different. I I don't know that it's better or worse, it's just different. 
Uh, Ellen product, Tom Geyer, played it at Indiana for Bob Knight uh, before moving on to Texas Tech. Um, Tom, as best you can, could you kind of walk us through that summer of 2020 into the month of September? Um, I think many times, you know, you were kind of, uh, spokesperson is the right word, um, for the team throughout all that kind of turmoil and uncertainty with it. And then you decided to not continue with Mike Davis and Indiana after the Bob Knight firing. Uh, could you walk us through why you did that and just your general emotions during that time? Oh, wow. Uh, it just hard in a couple of minutes, but, um, you know, I think, I, I think it all for me started the Mother's Day weekend. There was a uh, meeting amongst the board of trustees and the university in Indianapolis. And that kind of started us on down the road to September 10th of, of 2000 when ultimately coach was fired. Um, it was difficult, you know, it was very difficult. I, I, I think um, I, I look back at my teammates and we were all put in a very interesting position as, uh, you know, really still kids trying to learn to become men at that point in our lives. Um, and the emotions for me were wide ranging. Um, ultimately I made the decision to not stay at Indiana. I had just, my, love for coach and the way things went down it was it just wasn't it wasn't what i wanted to do but i have so much respect for the guys who did stay and you know they did a great job obviously took the university to a final four the next year um super proud of of kirk haston and uh jared Ole and dane fife and those guys uh staying there and it, it was hard though it, it definitely had an impact on friendships and and uh an impact on my life for many years. So, you know, going back on February 8th of 2020 was, uh, was an incredible, uh, healing experience, I think, um, for a lot of us. Um, and so it's just the beautiful thing to get to go back to assembly hall and kind of have that closure, uh, moment with those guys. What was it about coach Knight that, you know, a kid from Lawrence North High School all of a sudden says, hey, I'm coming to Lubbock, Texas with you. <laughs> well, the thing that I appreciated about him is that he was, there was a lot of discipline. It was hard, but he was fair. And I just loved the way he went about doing things and trying to accomplish greatness. Um, and I, my, I just had such a huge amount of respect for coach. I, I thought, and, and I really, for me, I thought we had a great chance to have a great team in Indiana and make another run. And obviously those kids did. Um, but, you know, coach was my guy and he's, that was where my loyalty was. I mean, I, the Knight family has been incredibly great to me. Um, I was clearly not the best player, even one of the, not even close to being anywhere near the best player in Indiana, but coach, uh, did so much for my family, Karen, Pat and Tim, um, you know, my obviously thoughts and prayers go out to them today, but they, they were just incredibly good to my family. And, you know, that's the part that people don't know about coach. And even as the guy down towards the end of the bench, hanging out with Norm Ellenberger, um, he was, yeah, he just did so much for my family. So. Tom, great stuff. I know it's early for you, and I'm sure a range of emotions as well. So really appreciate you taking some time to join us here. And um, I, I know I speak for Andy and I and our listeners, and uh, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You have a great day, okay?